Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is American Conversations, but it's really a global conversation as well, because today we are honored to have Sylvia Fitch McConnell and Tom Floyd on our show. Tom has been on before. We're talking about the United Airlines case. Uh, these are 30 plaintiffs who have filed against not only United Airlines over the COVID vax policy, but also against the chairman of the board, Scott Kirby, and all of their board members. So first of all, Sylvia and Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christine, for having us. Yes. And so, Sylvia, let's start with you first, because you have worked for United on uh, Kona at, at the uh, United Airlines on the ground for 32 years. And you had applied for a religious a medical exemption, a medical exemption. And let's talk about what happened to you. Just give us a sort of bullet point, you know, in terms of dates and times about what happened to you, because you, you, you're part of this lawsuit because you believe that your rights were violated. Yes, um, in August of 2021, I was um, homesick, recovering from COVID when United issued the mandate that they wanted everyone to be vaccinated. And they gave us a couple of weeks to fill out what they call a wrap. It's a reasonable accommodation process. And I filled out the medical one and it was not ever answered. It was never approved. It wasn't denied. And so life went on when my doctor wrote me a note to go back to work. I went back to work and I worked for a week and I talked to the Employee Service Center, which is basically Chicago-based people. And they said that I wasn't cleared by United Medical to go back to work and I would need to see my doctor and get notes and such to go back to work. And I thought that would be an easy process. And I was surprised to be told I wasn't supposed to go to work that night, or, um, even though we're short-staffed and they really needed me. So I called my boss and said, I'm not coming in. And 
got to take care of a few things. And I thought it would just be short. Well, it ended up being a very lengthy process because um, I had to get a cardiologist and have my an ultrasound of my heart and my carotid arteries and EKG and blood tests and mammograms and a barrage of tests that all came out positive. And my doctor said, she's great. she come back to work. And um, United said, we got good news and bad news for you. What would you like to hear first? I said, well, the good news. And they said, you're, you're cleared to come back to work. And the bad news is you got to take a vaccine if you want to come back to work. Even so, my so basically you applied for a medical exemption and you were denied it because if you if your medical exemption with all of your documentation <laughs> if it had been accepted you would not have had to get a covid shot correct sounds correct to me yes yeah and so what time frame was this that they told you that you had to come back to work but only if you took the shot it was november 4th 2021 and I had attempted then to contact my union, but unsuccessfully. To ask them to appeal this decision? And to find out what where they stood on this, actually. I really didn't know where they were on this and if they were representing us or what was happening, but I didn't get an answer. Okay, so your your union is the AIM. IAM, International Aerospace Mechanics. Okay, so your ground crew, you're the you're the face of the people at the gates. You are somebody that I meet when my flight has been canceled or I'm at the gate and the door just shuts. And as a journalist, I know I have to get on that plane because I'm going to some war zone or I'm going to some very important interview. Your CEO. Scott Kirby has publicly said that people in your position are the face of United Airlines. He has said that several times. And how do you feel when that conversation was, that door was shut on somebody like you who has worked for the company for almost 32 years at that point in time? in disbelief at first of course and frustration I, i've been ashamed and embarrassed sometimes people have called me stupid um so it's been challenging to say the least and um, you live in a you live in a small community kona is is not a, it, this is not honolulu no it's a so, very small community where we all know each other. Even if you don't know each other, you know where you work, where you belong, you see each other in your uniforms and such. So yeah, at the store, the post office, wherever you are, you really know each other. Yeah. So what happened after that conversation that appealed to your union? You didn't get a response. You knew you were talking to your local union representative. You were talking to, you were in communication or you tried to be in communication with the Chicago team. What happened after that? Well, during that conversation on November 4th, when I actually really got to talk to a United representative, um, he actually said that I should never have been allowed on the site you know, at work. That, and, you know, I wasn't, 
allowed to go down there. And technically I shouldn't have been allowed on the site when I actually worked Well, I was. So like this, a, and just to make it clear for the audience, this is after you had gotten COVID, the mandates were on, on the platform there, August 6th. And then you went back to work in September. So your union representative was saying you, you should not have been allowed to come back at that point in time. No, no. These are the people from the employee service center from United Airlines telling me that I was approved by United Medical to go back to work, but I had to update my vaccine passport and flying together and get this vaccine or I wasn't going to be able to go back to work. So it was coercion. They withheld work from me in case I, unless I would get this shot. And and I was told that I should not have even been allowed on the premises it sounds, during, that during that earlier time frame. It sounds to me like she submitted her medical exemption request, and they just didn't listen to it. They just they just ignored it or pretended it didn't exist, and then they carried on when she was well and treated her like someone who had never heard of anything. It just was very inconsistent. So it sounds like a gaslight policy, doesn't it, Tom? Kind of does. And then what happened after November, Sylvia? Because it was until it wasn't until July, if if, if I remember this correctly, it wasn't until July 2022 that you were formally terminated. So on the November 4th conversation, I was told that I really shouldn't have expected a phone call that we were supposed to communicate through the help hub in the chat there. And so that's what I continue to do. Of course, you get this cookie cutter letter that says per CDC guidelines, why can't you have the vaccine? It says you can have it just as soon as you're well, like the next day, pretty much is what they were expecting. And um, so I'd send them my doctor's notes again. So I sent um, my doctor's notes three times, but never got a response. And then so when I would contact them, they would get the same response, tell us per CDC guidelines. And so in February, 2022, communication stopped and there was talk about people getting rehired in March. And I thought maybe I might, you know, get a shout out, but that didn't happen either. And so when people in other situations at United that we have interviewed and they came, they were invited back in March, you were never invited back in March. No. And when was your first communication after February of 2022? Okay, well, I was involved with this group of plaintiffs and we had filed with the EEOC. And when I filed with the EEOC, about five weeks later, I got a termination letter. So no one ever spoke to me. I never got an email. I didn't, there was no contact, but they FedExed me a termination letter. So Did five weeks for my report with the EEOC. And they and, said- And the EEOC report was what date? I believe it was June 24th. So immediately could be read as retaliation because you filed an EEOC report. Yeah. They decided to terminate you. Mm -hmm. And that's something that the courts have to decide now that you're a plaintiff in this case. Right. So, and Tom, I, let me let me turn to you for a second. You're you're part of the 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 plaintiffs team. How do you feel when you hear because Sylvia's case is a little bit different 
than some of the other cases. And, and this is, I, I guess, Sylvia's number 17 of the plaintiffs. I've interviewed you earlier. So I'm going to put this as 17, 18, you're a repeat. What do, you, what do you think is really going on here in terms of leadership at United? And I don't know if you really want to answer that, but I'm going to ask the question anyways, because you're in the middle of a lawsuit. But I mean, do you have any views about, because of your background, I mean, you've flown F-16s. Well, it, you know it, what a mission leadership looks like. Right. It just kind of feels like uh, when you hear stories like, like Sylvia's where the company told her to do something and then she did what she thought she was supposed to do. And the company just doesn't hold up their end of the bargain. It, it's kind of like what's going on with this entire situation. You know, with Sylvia, she has 32 years of service. And I had 21 years and a lot of the other people in, in the group who, we, who you've already talked to have multiple years, mostly. I don't know that there's anybody that's uh, less than seven or eight years at the company. And so with that, when you're working for a company, there is a certain expected uh, future, a, a, a stability that you can that you can count on, especially with things that involve unions. And we are all part of unions. You know, when you first start, you're making barely any money at all. When I started, I think I was taking home about 26,000 a year. And you kind of, you, you, you suck that up because you know it's going to get better. You, your, your expectation for the future is just going to get better. So you go year after year after year. And we make these sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Sylvia spent many nights or many days not home with her family when they needed her there on holidays or birthdays or, or special days that we really would have liked to have off. Uh, it was many, many years before I even had a Christmas at home with my family. It was always on another day, maybe the 20th or maybe the 27th of December. And But you keep hoping that, you're hoping that time goes by, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then to have the company just yank the rug out from under us at this point in our careers is devastating. And I, I feel for Sylvia, and especially in this situation, they didn't even talk to her. And, and Sylvia, do you think it happened to you? I, I don't want to bring sexism into this, but I, I, I'm going to, okay? Do you think it, would, it happened because you were an older woman? I didn't ever think that before, but as I look at the group and how many years that we all have with United, it is suspicious. Did yeah. you ever get, I mean, you know, there's, there's something that, I mean, I, I belong to an ABC, it's quote unquote, it's a, it's a group of us that had worked for ABC News. I started off my career at ABC News and there's a group of us that get together and I, I have not been religious about this because I've lived other places other than DC, uh, even though I've been in and out of that city for years. But we, you know, it's an invitation to come together for a lunch every now and then and things like that. Was there any camaraderie for either one of you after you left, minus the suit, where people who you worked with day by day said, hey, why don't you come to, to lunch? Yeah, Sylvia probably has a lot better examples of that being that she lives in such a small community. But yeah, for me, no, Sylvia. You talk about your friendship, Sarah and Kona. I had one one coworker call me and see how I was doing, um, but no. And I think that people, 
um, it's a small community and you, it, you can't just tell everybody anything. It's been embarrassing, you know, I mean, to work for a company for 32 years and then be fired. I've never been fired and it's embarrassing. And, you know, and you feel ashamed and I feel like I have a right to say something now. And since I have and been able to talk to my coworkers since we started this lawsuit, filed it, I'm feeling a lot of support from my coworkers and I'm really, really happy for that. It's just felt really wonderful to have them be on my side. You know, that's, Chris, that's ahead, I, I've talked to uh, a lot of people who have uh, both inside our group of uh, plaintiffs and, and those who are not part of our plaintiffs. And there, there's kind of a, 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 a mix of different kind of feelings. Some people, Obviously, we know about this group who are, you should have taken the vaccine and you're murdering people. And we know that whole story. That was the shame and the, the guilt and the fear and all that. That was coercion. It was coercion. It was a false. It was a lie. It was a false statement. It was coercion. And I think it was created to do exactly that. Uh, create yeah. fear. You know, in, in the UK, they called it uh, Operation Big Fear or something like that. And and. Uh, so we have that group of people. And then we have a group of people who, who like us, who, who stood up and said, no, I don't think this is right. I don't think that having this job is worth me sacrificing my health. And as we've seen over, over time, that more and more information is coming out that natural immunity is more effective. It longer lasts. You don't have to keep getting these booster shots. It might take a little bit longer to get the natural immunity built up in a group the size of United Employees, but they completely disregarded that in, in, in mass. And then there's this group of people who, who are talking to me quite often saying, I got the shot, but it was the worst decision I've ever made. I wish I had never done it. I, I didn't want to lose my job. I didn't want to take the chance of being uncomfortable. And these people had serious pressure put on them. You're going to not be able to feed your family. You're not going to be able to afford your home anymore. You're going to be, you know, terrible, terrible threats were made um, to these people. And um, my heart goes out to them because they had a tough decision to make and, and they made the decision. And hopefully, hopefully that's as far as it goes. Hopefully they don't have long lasting medical situations uh, we, we we pray for that all the time in our group, absolutely. And the truth of the matter is that there is nobody on earth qualified enough to define the long-term effects of the COVID shots. I think that's, as they know what's going to happen, I think that they, uh, they're either selling something or they're just flat lying to us. Well, they are, they are. And, 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 more people are willing to speak out now, but Sylvia, I want to go back to you. And, and, you know, when you, when you say that, you know, you've never been fired, you live in a small community, you were, you, you know, when people, you said in the pre-interview when people would ask you, you know, what happened, you say, well, I'm just done. Totally acceptable response. How does it feel now for you being able to come out and basically say, no, I was mistreated? Does that empower you? 
<laughs> sort of. I'm still a little fearful to who I want to share all this information with, and I don't want to push it off on people that you know might offend. Um, but so. now, now you're doing it publicly, so you know, buckle up. You're here. This is the way it goes. I mean, and telling the truth can set a lot of people free because mm -hmm. it didn't just happen to you, Sylvia. This can happen to anybody in any corporate setting, any small business setting. If people like you and Tom and your other colleagues and its plaintiffs don't speak up because people need to understand. I was pretty much horrified. And when I say horrified, I mean, it was head snapping when I knew when the trucker convoy was going into Ottawa, we had a camera crew with people before they ever got to Ottawa on the ground in Ottawa. We knew that it was very much a party. There was not violence. There was not trash. People were being respectful. And then the Canadian broadcasting came out and basically fed into the narrative of what Trudeau was saying at the time that this was, you know, disruptive. And there were people that were in Ottawa that were complaining. But the truth is that wasn't the real truth of the story. And then all of a sudden it was the justification that that narrative fed into the justification for the Trudeau administration to freeze the bank accounts. And as somebody who's had the blessing of traveling the world as a journalist, when that happened in Western civilization, I thought to myself, that will wake up my brethren that I had been part of in the mainstream media. And it wasn't. And that's yeah. why I have embraced your stories because when I heard that United did not allow some of your co-plaintiffs access to their 401ks when their religious exemptions were accepted, I thought to myself, well, that's the angle of the monetary financial game that the U.S. is playing. They didn't freeze the bank accounts. They freeze your 401ks through the corporate. So when Scott Kirby has come out publicly and said, oh, well, the federal government isn't going to go along with that. We think the business leaders in the corporate America should. Oh, so you want to do what Canadians want to do and did? It, that's the game. There's a game here. And that, that's what the public needs to know. So, you know, I, I commend all of you. I mean, and I mean this sincerely. I commend all of you, Sylvia, for speaking out, Tom, for you and for all the other co-plaintiffs, because people need to know this is not acceptable. Well, it seems to me that as, as time went by, um, just like with the truckers, it seemed to me that our company intentionally tried to inflict pain and, and, and distress upon us, heighten our awareness of the, the, the decisions that we were making in an attempt to coerce us. So when you're saying that they would not allow us to get to our 401k money, you know, um, it, it only, they only did that if it served them, right? They, they fired us. They said, you can't have any of your benefits. Well, no, let, let me stop you there, Tom. They didn't actually fire all of you. They put a lot of you unpaid leave. They didn't let you access to your 401k. You were not you were you were not fired, so you couldn't a lot of you, not all of you. Right. Some of the majority of the people that I've interviewed were not fired, so they couldn't get unemployment benefits. They were in limbo on unpaid leave 
no access to their 401ks, even for hardship, no medical, which covered vision, dental, whatever. And they didn't have access to their life insurance. So they were in limbo. And that's part of the paint on the canvas picture that they were trying to create to coerce all of you. Because I believe if, you didn't, if you didn't get your money and then they increased your medical benefits and said you have to pay X 700 bucks more a year or 1200 whatever the figure was, to maintain your medical. That's right. They did that. They did I, that. I mean. And I guess I misspoke when I said they fired us. It, it, yeah. I, it, I have a very hard time differentiating the difference between what they did to us and being fired. Uh, well, it's real clear. If you were fired, if, if you were one of the plaintiffs who was fired, you could you could apply for unemployment. But as we've now found out, a couple of people within your group who have applied for unemployment haven't been able to get unemployment because right. the company has come back and said, no, we fired them for cause. But for those who were put on unpaid leave, whose religious exemptions were accepted, right. they still couldn't get to their medical life insurance benefits all the benefits all the benefits i mean and yeah. somebody thought this was a smart well it seems i mean i went to business school at georgetown this is the dumbest optics that i've ever seen and it's a case study for harvard columbia georgetown business schools all across the country yeah, how not to, sense. How not to do it in the future, right? Well, I mean, it's about leadership, right? Because it always comes down from the top in the corporate world, right. and how people at the top treat people who are the employees, and especially Sylvia, your former CEO has said the people at the gate because you get all the headaches of you know passengers screaming, not getting through the door, have to change the flights, delayed flights, figuring out the coordination of that, losing baggage. I mean, that's got to be a nightmare for anybody. I mean, you know, we all can laugh about it, but it's true. I've lost a, a bag full of cameras years ago that I never recovered flying to South Africa. So I know the anger that goes <laughs> that people on your end have to get. And then he says, you're the face. And then Kirby and his team, quote unquote, of so-called geniuses, doesn't take care of you. No. Feels like they, they betrayed us. It's been difficult. You know, I always loved my job at United. It's a prestigious company. And all I ever did was try to get back to work during this whole process. And so, yeah, it's really painful. And then to file with the EEOC only to be, get a termination letter well, I had been able to at least, I, I mean, felt better than some of these other people that really had their insurance taken away in the middle of the pandemic. What a time to lose your medical insurance and we're worried about safety. But I had mine and I was able to pay for it. And after I was fired, um, I was finally able to speak to a union rep and I wrote a letter, my story, and she passed it on to United. And just so you know, without any communication, uh, my insurance was canceled, unbeknownst to me, on November 1st, 2022. It ceased to exist. Your medical or your life insurance? My medical insurance. So you didn't, so, wow. 
Wow. So you're still on the books until July of 2022. So your medical insurance was canceled November of 2021 before you were terminated in July of 2022. August. August 2022. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that until right now. Tom, you wrote a letter. You raised some questions with United officials. Tell the audience the substance of that letter. Uh, I'm going to have to footnote it. Just, just give an outline. Um, you know, when when we were being asked about our, our religious exemptions, and then they they said these are your these are the conditions of your accommodation, and in my case, as with the other pilots and flight attendants who didn't take the didn't take the shot, and who who did receive a medical or a a religious accommodation, we were told you're going to be on unpaid leave of absence. <clears throat> And they put a little box in there. You can accept it or not accept it. It doesn't matter. This is what you're getting. And you're supposed to click on the box. I did not click on the box. I said, I do not. I sent them a letter. I do not accept the terms of this agreement. This is this is unrealistic, unreasonable. Uh, and, and I and I detailed that in, in some some fashion. But then I went on to say, why is United sticking their digging their feet in the ground so hard on this this particular issue? You know, um, as pilots, we are taught to take into situations, you know, take the weather and the terrain and the length of the runway and and uh, the weight of the aircraft and where the winds are, are, are regarding the, the approach. And we try to add up all of the different, and we call them threats in here, um, all the potential threats that could cause us to either make bad decisions or if maybe we can get ahead of it. We can prevent ourselves from making bad decisions due to those and so I took that same analogy that they use in training and said, let's, let's, uh, let's analyze some of these threats. Okay, we have a disease that is 99% survivable for most cases. Some people were as low as 94%. That's still pretty, pretty good odds. Mm-hmm. We have, and then you have me and other pilots like myself who are passing our physicals every six months, getting a clean bill of health from our physical our flight surgeon every six months saying you're healthy. So you have a healthy man like me with a, with a robust um, immune system. You're going to take and give them a shot. They, they demanded that we take a shot that was questionable on a number of things. Efficacy, it turned out that it wasn't effective at all. The numbers that were originally released in the 90s weren't even close. The, the, the shots are only lasting maybe six weeks, and then you're going to have to get a, a, a booster. We're already we're still talking about boosters. Um, we didn't, you know, we we even in 2021 in July and August timeframe, there were thousands and thousands of people who were injured and listed themselves on the VAERS website, as well as the EMED website that d- detailed the injuries that were occurring with the DOD person. There were thousands of them, even including death. And I said, why would I, a healthy man with a very strong, robust uh, immune system, take the chance of taking a drug that could injure me and hurt me that doesn't seem to be working? It doesn't make any sense to do that. And I said, uh, I did. And I put in a letter. I said, I hope that, I don't think I said I hope. I said, does United have the shoulders to bear this weight when you find out that what they're saying on TV is a lie? And we get a response. No, no. All right. So let's go into because I, I don't I, I want to leave this flat. Under the FAA rules, as I understand it, 
as I become more educated through the pilots. The FAA rules say that you guys can't even, as pilots, you can't even take NyQuil. That's correct. We have. Uh, so there's an FAA rule saying you can't take any experimental drugs. You can't do, you, you know, you can't do Coke. You can't do weed. You can't do NyQuil. You can't take any experimental drugs. Yet your union seems to have, or Scott Kirby's, or Biden's airlines, whatever you want to call this configuration, they have overridden the FAA federal regulations. I wouldn't. I don't know that they've overridden it. I think that they just shoved their head in the sand and pretended it didn't exist. Everybody knew. We all knew. Every pilot out there knows you can't take um, drugs that the FAA hasn't approved. And furthermore, on your on your every your biannual physical, you have to list with your with your flight surgeon which drugs you are taking. So if you have high blood pressure and you're taking amlodipine or something like that, you have to tell him that's what you're doing. And it has to be listed. It has to be approved. So um, for, for well, it's the- It's not just the FDA. The FAA has to approve it even above the FDA. Well, the FAA gives the flight surgeons guidance on what types of medicines are allowed. So the flight surgeon has the purview to decide, okay, that's a good enough, you're, 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 you're okay to continue taking that drug. Um, however, if a, if, a, if a pilot comes to a flight surgeon and says, hey, I'm doing this new thing, um, if, if it is not a new thing that's been approved by the FAA, regardless of whether or not it's been approved by the FDA, okay. the FAA has not said it's okay to do this, the, the, the flight surgeon has an obligation to restrict your, 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 your flight physical, your medical certification. Uh, I heard a story about a pilot who uh, had, I don't know if he had sleep apnea or if he just snored. And so he in, he decided to, to try this new procedure where, uh, I don't know if it's something that he would, had built into his body or what, but every time he would snore, it would give his tongue an electric shock and it would slide it over to the side of his mouth so he wouldn't snore. And it might wake him up a little bit each. I, my flight surgeon was telling me, you you can't just do this stuff without talking to the FAA, talking to me or talking to the FAA first. And so that's just one example. So that 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 United Airlines said you shall take this vaccine or get fired was extremely heavy-handed. We believe that United Airlines was uh, draconian in the way that they 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 uh, approached the pilot group in this in particular with you will take this shot or you will be fired. Um, and, like and, I, and I think as you say that of the tape, that, that I still don't know if it's internal or not, but we're going to run it, of Mr. Kirby saying, as a guy who went to the Air Force Academy, basically saying to those who were applying for religious exemptions at the company that he is at the helm at as CEO, that they better just not have found religion Almost smacking them in the face saying, don't fake it because your job's on the line. Job is on the line, quote unquote, is what Mr. Kirby said. He was besmirching us, I believe, very much. Anyone who had a religious conviction that would restrict them from taking a drug like this or, or maybe any other drug. There are, there are those at United Airlines before this time who refused to take any vaccines and, and, and for religious reasons. 
reasons or medical reasons. And, and somehow I believe the way he said that was uh, flippant and kind of taunting and uh, to, to, to those of us who have uh, religious convictions and, 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 and threatening and threatening basically, basically your job's on the line. Your if job. You, if you if you want to apply for this. Oh. All right. So Sylvia, and Tom, thank you for the clarification. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Sylvia, is there anything else that you have in your heart that you want to say to people? Because I know this is hard for you. It's a small community. This is going to be going out publicly. But is there anything that you need to say to anybody about this experience? Well, it's been rough. And I think that what's really most important is that these kind of health decisions, your medical decisions should be made between you and your doctor. And I don't believe that boardroom CEOs should have the right to influence their employees in this way to mandate, to coerce and to you know, demand that you have something injected into your body, especially when it's an experiment. So that's just weird to me. I still feel like I'm in a sci-fi movie that this could be happening in our lifetimes, but it's just un-American. And we just need to stop it. It just can't happen anymore. Tom, people need to help you. Okay, so how do, how do people find you? People have to contribute too because you have a bunch of plaintiffs who can't pay for their own lawsuit here because they've lost their jobs. They're not in the financial. This is a this is a big case. It's it's big. It's not just against United. It's basically against the draconian policies of people not having rights as employees. And the most important thing people have to understand is I have yet to find anybody in your plaintiff group where the unions fought for any of you. Oh, that's clear. The unions were out. They, they, they tried to do the Heisman on this issue altogether. They didn't want to get involved. They, uh, I, I don't even understand why it was, it was a simple, simple argument for them to say you can't do this it's not in the contract but they didn't do it that's a whole that's a whole other issue i suppose uh i guess in in, in a nutshell we three or we 30 uh, in, uh, plaintiffs believe that religion is a valid reason to 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 reject or did or decide to not participate in a uh, medical experiment, and that's exactly what this was. Uh, they they called it a vaccine. They changed the definition of vaccine conveniently to fit this particular gene therapy. Think about this: the U.S. government bought billions of dollars worth of this drug or these these products, and then the U.S. government authorized. They didn't they didn't approve. They authorized through a administrative mechanism called the emergency use authorization. They authorized these drugs could be taken because they that was their that was their workaround for getting around the infamously slow FDA approval process. So they got in very quick time. Then not only did they 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 authorized it, then they recommended, and I use that hand that that term very loosely because they recommended it with heavy heavy uh, jackboot. You know, uh, you should fire your people. You you are. Uh, uh, well, that was the last, that was one of the later uh, motions was first year, you know, you should do this for the, for your, for your safety, for the safety of those around you, for grandma. Don't forget that we're taking care of grandma. You're the reason you, you unvaccinated people are the reason this vaccine isn't working. That doesn't make any sense. That's like you wearing a mask and saying, because I'm not wearing one, yours isn't working. Um, 
then they and then, then, and then there there was later the breakthrough case. <laughs> when, when I look at the timeline of what Kirby did publicly, yep, mandated it in August. He talked about it in July. By August of 2021, we had breakthrough cases here in the United States. People tried to screw up that narrative and say that most of the people in the hospitals at that point in time were unvaccinated, which wasn't true. Many of them were vaccinated and that's all over the world. Okay. But, and it depended upon the rollout, you know, in different countries of the shots. Well, that, that, that efficacy was failing. They were having breakthrough cases in as early as June. Right. Uh, but it didn't, but it really didn't get that crescendo until probably end of July, beginning of August, where it was out there sort of in the press. <laughs> But they still push back. They and push back on that. And anybody who brought up anything else other than the vaccine, they were vilified. They were shamed. Okay. They, they told us we were awful people, told us we were killing people, told us that we were the reason that the, 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 that the, the pandemic wasn't over, which is nonsense. And then United Airlines went further. They used heavy-handed tactics. And we believe, they, as, as the plaintiff group, that United should not have been able to do the things that they've done. They they went above and beyond. They acted as legislator, judge, and then jury also for how we were going to be treated with regard to uh, whether or not we took the vaccine. And uh, firing us, I, I, I keep saying the word firing. I've had, like I said, I have a hard time differentiating between when a company says, you can't work here anymore, we're not gonna pay you anymore, and we're taking all of your benefits away. But we're not firing you so that you can go get a job because you got a non-compete clause, and we're not firing you because you can, and you can't get un you can't get uh, unemployment benefits. I, we'll 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 see how we can yeah. in 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 court. But I believe that these actions were taken to increase the threshold of pain that we were feeling. For not deciding to go along with the program and take this vaccine, this gene therapy. Well, this is game on. Wings of Liberty and Justice. Tom, how do people find you? How do they contribute to you guys? I mean, you're I, I know you're on social media, but tell the audience how they can help you. We, we're on a number of social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Wings for Liberty. We are on Truth Social for the same thing, Wings for Liberty and Justice. It's all one word. We're on Rumble for Wings for Liberty and Justice also. So if you want to catch up on what we're doing, on what our what our our program's going through, uh, what our how our case is developing, uh, we will be making updates there. And we'll also be working, we're working on it, putting a website together so that we can keep people who are interested in this up to date on what we're doing. Now, if you want to donate to us, like Christine has mentioned, uh, this is going to be a very big and long process against a company with very deep pockets. We need any anybody's help who can possibly give it. Um, $10 a month for, for a year would help us uh, tremendously. Just, just $10 a month per person. Or if you want to put in more than that, uh, we would be very, very gracious. We'll give you... Uh, uh, we'll keep you up to date. And, and you have my word and the word of the other 30 plaintiffs that these monies, the money that people give us, will be very, very carefully and prudently used uh, as good stewards should over, over things like this. Uh, so we have a, a website where, where you can give us uh, at, at Give Singo, a fabulous organization. Uh, you can go there slash Wings for Liberty. You can find us there. 
And then there's also a, a, a fun site at uh, Life Funder, Life Funder slash Wings for Liberty as well. And um, any of those places, we would we, we greatly, greatly covet your, your donations and your help uh, going forward on this. And uh, we just hope that uh, you'll come in behind us and help us to uh, make sure that this type of thing can never, ever be done again. And that's what we're standing for. We're standing for the rights of everyone here. And we will put up your connection so nobody gets messed up on where they donate your money to and they find the correct information. So, you know, somebody doesn't come in and set up, you know, some crazy site that has nothing to do with you. Sylvia, you get the last word. Anything you want to say? Boy, you guys have covered so many things. I mean, I just think that it's really important for people to know that there is natural immunity, that it is the gold standard, it exists, and you can check for it. You can go to your doctor and go to the lab and have a test if you're curious at all. Maybe that's a good idea. Thanks for standing up for us. Thank you guys very much. And this has been very informative for the audience, kind of bringing it together for all of the plaintiffs we have interviewed today and and god bless you and and god bless the, the wings for liberty and justice because i know you guys are in this for the right reasons god thank bless you. thank you very much thank come you. back anytime thank god you. bless you too